Hello and welcome to the Dispatched Podcast. I'm Paul Cross and I'm joined by Carol. Hi, Paul. Hi, Carol. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Paul? I'm pretty I'm pretty well, I think. Good I think. for a Friday? Good for a Friday. It's halfway through February, which means we're only about five weeks away from the football season starting. So <laughs> I'm pretty excited about that because people who know me know I'm a bit of a tragic Carlton supporter. I don't know whether I'm a tragic Carlton supporter or it's tragic that I support Carlton. It can be both. You know, it used to be good. When I was growing up, it was just a case of we're going to finish, finish first, second or third. It was like that for 20 years. And then we got busted cheating the salary cap and it all made sense. <laughs> <laughs> and it hasn't made sense. You're an Essendon supporter, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Thymosin B or something? <laughs> oh, well. Okay. Let's get this show on the road. Okay, Paul. You've made the controversial suggestion that Australia is getting a version of New Zealand's Pharmac by stealth. How is it happening and what can we do about it? This is yeah, this is a interesting. You see this pattern across all of these different areas. Now, you, you get the, the medical technology sectors. So you've got pharmaceuticals, diagnostics and medical devices. And so if you take a step back and you look at the how policy is evolving and how legislation and new laws have been written, they've been written in a way that not just enables a minister to delegate decision-making. Delegated decision-making is a standard feature of government. Um, ministers can't be expected to make every decision, so they delegate a lot of that decision-making. But generally, the rule is that that's for a time-limited period, uh, so it's got to be reviewable continually, and it also needs to be accountable to the parliament through disallowable instruments. So the Senate in particular, as the, the House of Review, should, be, should have the opportunity in law to review a decision that's been delegated by a minister and to disallow it. And less and less of that is happening in health, particularly in these areas like pharmaceuticals and medical devices and diagnostics where laws are being written, decisions are being delegated, and these decisions cannot be reviewed by the parliament. Now, this is a problem because what it does do ultimately is it disconnects the parliament, our elected politicians, from the administration of health programs. The parliament, our elected politicians, are the people there to ensure that these programs match community expectation. That This is what the community expects from these programs, and we express that as voters through our, our politicians. Now, if that is disconnected, where you get to is decisions become about the institution and what the institution wants. There's a lot of that starting to emerge, and that's that's Pharmac in New Zealand. And we've written this morning that, look, to their credit, they're very honest. They don't pretend to act in the best interest of the patient. They, they, they are open in saying, no, no, we're about the financial outcomes. This is a problem, and it's happening by stealth because law evolves over time. And we see it this week with medical devices, and I said we we're going to talk about that, but we've seen it seen it in the PBS over an extended period of time where you have these price reductions on 1 April, several billion dollars, go to the very heart of medicines access. Medicines are going to be removed, have been removed, and will be removed from subsidy and therefore from patients, and the Senate can't review these decisions. They're just informed of the outcome, but they can't do anything about it because that's the way the law is written. Now, in terms of what anyone can do about it, industry groups have a – they're given a special position. They have the resources to lobby the body politic, and I think they should use that. 
Why should the pharmaceutical diagnostic and wider health sector be concerned by proposed changes in private funding arrangements for medical devices? The thing about these sectors is they tend to operate in silos and I think it's important that they look a little sideways at these programs and, and what's happening. Now, the government, I think it's actually the former government's reform and I think the, the legislation is probably the former government's as well, probably. There are three bills currently before the Senate. They've already navigated the House of Representatives and they basically propose a massive shift in power in decision-making for the prosthesis list. The prosthesis list is the long-standing framework for how medical devices, implantable medical devices, are, are funded in Australia. So in simple terms, if you've got private health insurance, you're going to get a hip replacement. The prosthetic, the actual implantable device, is funded by your private health insurer and the price is set via the prosthesis list. What's happening is the government is basically proposing three bills that will see it take pretty much total control over the policy-making and decision-making in this program. So that's a massive power grab. So they've been going through a reform process for a number of years, and it's been very difficult because it's a very contested area of health. And it's, they've almost, it's almost as if they've gone, well, <laughs> this is all too hard, so we're just going to change the rules so we don't have to worry about this anymore. So we can just make it easier for ourselves. And the, the way it's written is really disturbing. And even a Senate committee that scrutinises these bills has said, this is, there's too much power here. You need some limits on this. There needs to be some guidelines about how you're going to exercise this power and limits. And because it's going to be delegated, there also needs to be some sunset clauses. It needs to come to an end so the Senate can have an opportunity to review it again. But this is effectively government saying, we are going to be able to make any rules we want based on any factors that we decide are, impo- are important and significant, in perpetuity. It goes to the first point about this is not good, this is a pharmac evolution. And I think just we just need to be really, really careful about it. And every other sector needs to look to this because if they can do it to this sector, they'll do it to others. Mm. Government's not stupid, you know. They'll, they'll just reach it across and take one thing that, that's worked in one area and apply it to another. And, you know, I really think it's undesirable. Okay, now the HDA review. This is questions from you guys. If price is not a part of HDA review, then what is the point? For example, <laughs> changes to discount rate impact price. Yeah, that 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 that, que- that that is a question and an answer. What is the point? <laughs> <laughs> the end. What what is what is the point? Discount rate impacts price. The PBAC outcome on the early consideration of the discount rate was. Mm, we don't think you should do it because it's going to impact price effectively. But if you are going to do it, change other things so that it doesn't net impact price. <laughs> HTA is about price. That's all. That's HT, Health technology assessment ultimately comes down to price. That's what it's about. So to be excluding price and funding as well, they're excluding from this review. Just it does make it a complete, pretty pointless exercise. You know my view on this review. It's a bureaucratic review, not a technical review. And the industry and others involved certainly need to stop thinking about this as a technical review. This is a bureaucratic review. It's not about what the industry and other stakeholders want. It's about what the bureaucracy and the government wants because it's a platform for them, not, not, for, not for others. And I know I constantly get <laughs> called cynical, but I hate to tell everyone it's the hard edge of a lot of experience in this area. And there is a way forward. There is definitely a way forward. But the starting point has to be right. The exclusion of price from the terms of reference is significant and and the question people need to ask themselves is why. And last question. Paul, 
You seem to suggest that officials in the government have a longer-term agenda to achieve a particular outcome. Do you really think that or is there a simpler explanation? It's, it's a good question because I think both answers are correct. When I worked in government, a former Deputy Secretary of the Health Department said to me, Paul, change. When we think about change, we have to think about it over a five or ten-year period and it's like going along a hedge and you find a gap in the hedge and you charge through and you go to the next hedge and then you work along that hedge and you find a gap in that hedge and you charge through. But you're just using these moments as opportunities to progress your longer-term wish to get to the end of the hedgerows. So, yeah, I, I do think they have longer-term agendas. Uh, that's my experience and I think that's pretty clearly evident. But I also think it's a pretty simple explanation and I go back to, what's that theory, Occam's Razor. So the, the Occam's Razor is a, is a philosophy whereby if you have two competing explanations for a particular issue, take the simple one. The simple one is most likely. And I think this is really true in this area because I don't, I don't think – it's not conspiracies or anything. I just think they want to make their lives easier and they want the outcomes that they want. Now, ultimately, you can boil that down to something like price. We just want cheaper prices for medical technology and that's fine. But in making it easier for themselves, what they're doing is removing parliamentary scrutiny and the right for our elected, our elected politicians to review and scrutinise what they do. And I, and I don't think that's a desirable thing. When you think about change, when you think about HTA reviews and you think about reform of medical device funding and you think about the, the tender they're trying to run on uh, diabetes products, including continuous glucose monitoring, don't think about it in 2023. Think about where it might end in 2030 and 2035. The powers that they get now, how will they be exercised in five or ten years' time and how are they thinking they want to exercise them in five or ten years' time? Because everything happens for a reason. So when... A government tables legislation in the parliament to give itself a lot more power over a particular area. It's happening for a reason. And think about what a minister goes through to get that legislation. It's got to be drafted. It's got to be shared across departments. The minister has to go through a process within government to get it to get it prioritised in the process. Ministers can't just tap away and write legislation in their offices and, and then table it in the parliament. It goes through a very long, excruciating process. And people in the pharmaceutical industry should think back to the attempt to remove confidentiality protections that they have for their PBAC submissions two years ago. It wasn't just written in the then health minister's office. It would have been in the works for six to 12 months, and they're doing it because they have something in mind. They want that power for a reason, and that's why they need to. people need to think about it in that perspective. So what are you agreeing to now, That's going, and what is it going to look like in, in five or ten years? And there's a lot of that in the new PBS pricing framework. We, we're going to see this in this prosthesis list thing. There's no coming back from these bills if it gets through. And we're going to see it in this uh, tender that they're going to run for the diabetes products. If they can get away with it there, where else are they going to then try and try and apply that? And that's why, that's why we don't want laws written that remove the right of the parliament to review decisions that have been delegated. We, we, we need those, those laws written in a way so that the community can say, we don't like this outcome. We want, the, we want this to change. And I think all the different industry groups and even individual companies have a role in that because ultimately they, they're given a privileged position because they have the resources to work in and around Canberra. That gives them a special, a special standing. And I think, I think they can actually do something about it and, and I hope they do. Okay, Carol. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Well, have a great weekend. You too, Paul. 
We will chat next week. See you next week. See ya.